Welcome back for another episode this week. This is episode six. It's all mental with Danielle Rainey. All right, what's up, IMM family? We are back with another episode, and this week we have a phenomenal person with us today, and that is a redshirt senior guard at the University of Florida, Ms. Danielle Rainey, who has been able to take some time out of her day to allow us to dig deeper into her journey from high school to college ball, and also see what she will be looking forward to in the future. And let me just say I'm thankful to have had you come on here today and just talk to us and and tell us, you know, the difficulties that you've gone through as a college player, but also how you haven't let any of those challenges define you or completely become the narrator of your story. So again, thank you for being here today. And without further ado, let's get into it. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy. So to start off with everything, everybody out there, they might not know who you are. So just tell us a little something about you. Um, where you went to high school, uh, where you went to college after you left high school and all that, and then just go from there. All right, cool. First of all, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate you, and I'm excited to just talk about my experiences because that's really not something I really, you know, came out and talked about in a long time. So I'm excited to be here. But a little bit about me. Um, My name is Danielle Rainey. you kind of touched on the, you know, I'm a redshirt senior. I'm originally from Washington, D.C., but I did go to high school in Texas at Vista Ridge, Cedar Ridge and Vista Ridge. Um, then after I left Vista Ridge, I graduated from there at 16. Then I went to TCU for about a little over a year and a half. Um, God had another plan for me, so I left November, December of 2018, and then I got to the University of Florida um, in January of 2019, and I've been I've been here ever since, so... You know, just trans like transitioning from one school to another is not easy for anybody. Whether you go D one to D one, D one to any other level, it's just it's not an easy experience. But man, I mean, like you know, to piggyback off what you said, like you said, it's not an easy experience. Can you elaborate on that? Like, what was that like for you? Um, first, first and foremost, um, when it came to that, you know, making that decision, it was probably one of the hardest decisions I've ever made because, I mean, you pick a school, you think it's going to be right for you. And like I said earlier, God has another plan for you. So you're, you're essentially having to start over the whole recruitment process all over again. Um, so for me, that experience was just really rocky because, like I said, I'm from up north, but my mom lives in Texas. So I was like, do I want to stay close to home? Do I want to venture out, get a new scenery? That was what I was really straddling the fence for for a long period of time. There was a lot of other stuff that I had to think about as far as like my personal life, um, education. A lot of that played a role in my decision on transferring from one school to another and transferring from a school in Texas all the way to a school in Florida, which is 15 hours away. So for me, that experience was just really interesting. There was a lot of stuff I really had to take into consideration because that distance and that move was not going to be easy. And mentally for me, where I was at when I left TCU, um, every decision felt like it was much harder than it probably should have been because where I, because of where I was mentally once I left TCU. Like I said, my experience at TCU, I'm not really going to touch into too much because I'm not here to badmouth anybody or any school. But for me, the best decision for me was to just not only just leave that school, but just leave and go to a different scenery. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the main thing that, you know, that I was really thinking about when I did make my decision to leave, so... So, and we you know we've been following you and and doing our research. You was uh <laughs> you was uh ranked in high school at number 22. Um you were number 13 um you know in Texas as a player in Texas, which is phenomenal. You know what I'm saying to um 
that's amazing. And uh, congrats on that. To going to TC, to going to TCU, and um, not you know not getting that much PT like you, you mm-hmm. normally would or wanted to. How was that? Like, like you know, how did that? How was that process? How was you feeling? What what was going through your mind at that time? I mean, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and say like it didn't bother me. I mean, anybody who comes from an environment where they're playing a lot to another environment where they're not really touching the floor is going to take a toll on you mentally. But I can tell you when it first happened, like I said, I was really bothered by it. But then it's kind of flipped the switch for me in my head. So it was like either I can just pout about it or I can either pout about it and, you know, make myself sick, stressing about it, or I can get in the gym and get better. And that's what I did. I mean, even though I still did not play, there was uh, it was for other reasons, not just like basketball. Um, after every game, I would go to the gym and work out. Um, no matter how I felt, um, I would stay after practice. I would come before practice and work out. And it wouldn't be anything where I'd do it for people to see me. It would just be something I did to make me feel good because my confidence was at an all-time low. Um, pretty much, I just, I really tried to focus on what was next for me. I had, like, as a matter of fact, I have a sticky note in the back of my phone and I had a sticky note when I was at TCU that said what's next that was what my mindset was despite everything I was battling and going through not even just with basketball like it was just like well, what's next for me what does that mean leaving does that mean keep getting better does that mean get my body right like what does this mean like what's next because if I could if I sat there and dwell on the fact that I wasn't playing and stuff like that it was just going to continue to you know deteriorate my my mental health so I kind of had to just flip let that flip that light switch Help me make like better decisions because it was just like, you know what? This sucks, but I'm going to come out stronger no matter what happens next. So that was my mindset. And I'm not going to say that was my mindset at first because, you know, freshman, you come in there, you're thinking you big stuff. You think you finna okay. just come out there looking like Arike Gumawale. And I'm here to tell you, <laughs> I'm here to tell you that was not, that was not the case at all. So like I said, once that, that light switch flipped for me, it was just, it kind of calmed me down just a little bit. So yeah, I and I can tell just through you speaking, it man, it actually elevated you to where where God is taking you next because you gotta your the way you speak, you it's it's power behind it. I can tell. Are you glad to have gone through that to put some fire in, like put some fire in you, and then transfer to U of F and you know just start dominating out there. Yeah, for sure. Like I said, I mean, the mental part, it was the most important part for me. The physical part, I never struggled with. But the mental part, I've always been an emotional player and a mental player. So I think the biggest thing for me was just like, okay, I'm not playing physically. So what can I do to help myself mentally? What am I going to do that's going to make me feel better mentally? There would be times where I'd walk two or three miles away from TCU campus just to get away, just to think about stuff. There was, I started spending more time with God. So I'm not, like I said, I'm not going to go too into too much detail. But for me, like, it taught me a lot and I do not regret going to TCU. I do not regret going through anything I went through there. Like there's not one decision I can say in my life that I regret because it's either taught me something or it's humbled me. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, going to TCU definitely did both for me. And like I said, God makes no mistakes. I mean, I'm here now because of what I went through at TCU. So if I wouldn't have went through that, I wouldn't have ended up here. I wouldn't have ended up on the phone with you guys talking about this now. So it was just, it's just really with your mind, how your mind, you know how your mindset is because if you if you sit in there and dwell on the fact that stuff ain't going the way you want it to go it can really take a toll on you mentally and I definitely let it take it toll on me mentally but then I kind of bossed up and was just like you know what I'm just gonna have to embrace this and we just gonna keep it pushing 
And you can see that through you. Like, just hearing you speak, I'm just, like, grateful to have you on this call today because I know there's <laughs> people out there that need to hear this, you know? Right. It is. And I was that person. I would listen to other people's podcasts. I would listen to other people talk about their experiences and stuff like that. But I'm like, dang, you never think you're going to go through it. Yeah. And here I am three, four years later going through it. But now I'm talking about it because I've been through it and I've gotten over it. So right. it's a blessing in disguise, man. It's all how you just, it's all how you take it in. You either take it in negatively or you let it, you take it in negatively for a second and then you be like, all right, it's time to keep it pushing. So yeah, man, being a transfer player, can you explain the process of you making the right decision of going to the University of Florida? Like what made you make that decision to go there? Well, first of all, I'm not even going to lie to y'all. Like, I had no idea what a Florida was. I couldn't even tell you what conference they was in. <laughs> but, I mean, I kind of like, um, I mean, I kind of had to do a little bit of research. I mean, with the recruiting process, people do reach out to you. I mean, that's a given. But um, I kind of had to do some research. I did a lot of praying, a lot of praying. I'm sure God was like, oh, Lord, I need her to pick up the school already because <laughs> I did so much praying. It was just kind of like, Lord, okay, I made this decision once. You know, it wasn't the right scenery. What's next? Like, what, you know, what can I do? Like, what signs can you give me to let me know where I belong? And, like, you know, you just, you know, some people say, oh, I rec- I went there because it just gave me that feeling. Well, I mean, that's kind of what happened here. When I did, when I did take my visit here, I was just, it just felt different, I guess. And I know I wasn't, like, I wasn't looking, I wasn't looking for it to feel, like, perfect. But the way I felt when I did, when I did come on my visit here, it was kind of a different feeling. And it was kind of relieving for me because where I was mentally, like at that point through my visit, I was definitely not there all the way. So God, I think God placed me here for a reason. And people ask me like, why did you only visit one other school besides Florida? I'm like, because I just knew, you know, that it was, it was for me. It was a new scenery. No one knew me. I didn't know them. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. brand new team, new coaches. Like I didn't know anything about Florida. I still don't know a lot about like, you know, just the scenery of Florida. But like I said, it just, it was a lot of things that really played into that. Like I just really had to just, I honestly had to, like, make my relationship better with God because who knows what could have happened after I left TCU, to be completely honest with you. It was a lot of people in my ear saying different stuff, but there was people in my ear when I went to TCU, like, oh, you know, your high school teammate went there. You know, like, it was a lot of people in my ear when I did go to TCU, but for this, it was a decision where, okay, this is my second school. I want to finish it out strong. So what needs to, the focus needs to be me, and I mean that in the most unselfish way possible mm-hmm. the focus had to be me like I couldn't listen to what my mom was saying what my dad was saying it was more so like what scenery is going to be best for me whether not even just basketball like where am I going to be able to you know get a good education from resources networking all of that stuff took you know it, it definitely played a role in my decision coming to Florida for sure do you think like this is your do-over kind of school like you you starting fresh and you're able to show everybody the player that you actually are and what you're capable of. Yeah, for sure. I definitely do think that. I mean, when I, I mean, I thought the same thing at TCU, but like I said, the feeling here was just different. I mean, when I did play, like I did make an impact and my teammates definitely made me feel like I made an impact. And I mean, I just, it was just fun. Like the game of basketball for the first two years of my college career, I hated it. Like I dreaded, I dreaded going to practice. I dreaded games. Like, like I, I said, but once that once that flip that light switch My flipped, t- like <laughs> it was just it was really di- it was really different, like because it was just like all right, I'm starting to love the game again. I'm starting to get confidence, and I'm starting to feel more like the player I was in high school. Mm-hmm. So it was a good feeling for sure. It was definitely a good feeling, even though I only played I think what 17 games. 
it was just weird not playing a full season, but it was just like, I'm happy to be back, honestly. Right. Nah, I feel you. My my freshman sophomore year was, Lord, that's all I can say. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was Trust horrible. It was, it was, it was good in the sense of it's built me and made me who I am today. But what I went through, the stu- dealing with the coaches, the team, the people, mm-hmm. man, it's just, you felt like I was losing weight, all this type of stuff. It yeah, was crazy. I did too. I it lost 25 pounds while I was at TCU. I came into college one, well, I came, I got to Florida at, I want to say like 138, 139, maybe 140. And I'm like 170 now. And that's not fat. <laughs> so not at all. it was just once I got my groove back and got, you know, my, my mental back, everything started to, you know, start to elevate on and off the court for me. So that's just happy weight. That's like <laughs> <laughs> not the happy weight. My muscle. I'm crying. Yeah, it was, mu- it was, it's definitely muscle. I mean, I, I'm growing into be a woman. I mean, I am right. fifth year, so hey. the curves and stuff coming in, but <laughs> no, I'm just playing. But yeah, so it's, it ain't fat. Thank God. That's, that's what I thank God for. Cause, whew, but yeah. I thank God for it too. Cause I really <laughs> looking at myself sometimes like, please, Lord, please bless me stay where I'm at right now. If I do do overseas, but if I don't do overseas, it's like, because I could really gain some weight because I be eating, bro. Like, and I'm, mm-hmm. uh, girl, I'm, I'm, trust me, I understand. But for me, I don't mind, like, I don't mind weights. I don't mind running. Like, it's just different when it's voluntary and when you have to do it. So, <laughs> like, when I get, when I get out of college, whenever that may be, um, I, I'm still probably going to work out and, like, run and lift, but it's going to be on my time, and it ain't going to be at 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, for real. But I don't mind it, though. It's really not bad. It's not. So that, you know, coming off your knee injury, how was that? Like, you know, being back, you know, what was going through your mind? Was it, like, a rush? Was it just, like, Man. was it nerves? Like, what, what was it like? Oh, my God. That's a totally different story. I mean, it's just, like, so, I mean, I know adversity is a part of the college experience and stuff, but that's a different type of adversity. Like, I give, power, I give th- like, credit to anybody who's had an ACL injury. Like, mm-hmm. going through that, not only the physical part, but the mental and the emotional part of an ACL injury or injury period is really, it's, it's bad. Like, like I said, I'm not going, I can't sit up here and lie to y'all and tell y'all that it's been butterflies and rainbows and happy-go-lucky charms and stuff because it hasn't. I mean... The day that I found out I turned tore my ACL, my whole life changed. I feel like like everything just flipped upside down because it was like you know you get here, you leave a situation that wasn't working for you, you get to another school, you got to sit out a year, then it's your time to play again. You know you have a decent season, and then you know you're getting ready for the first full season of your college career, and then in the scrimmage you tear your ACL. It was just for me, it was just mind blowing, but. Talking about what's next, that's the quickest I've ever had to snap out of, like, that's the quickest I've had to, like, jump to the what's next, because it was just like, okay, I tore my ACL, first couple months, it was just like, I was mad at myself, mad at the world, you know, battling depression and stuff like that, and then it was like, okay, well, you didn't die, you're here to tell the story, so what's next? So it was just more so, like, I started taking care of my body more, like, I started focusing on me, like, and for the first time in years, that hadn't been the case. So I started journaling. I started counseling. I started, I got back into counseling. Um, I just started taking care of my body, drinking water, little stuff that I could, like little stuff that you take for granted. 
like I took super serious, like just walking up the steps, like because I was on crutches for six weeks. Once I got off those crutches, I wanted to walk everywhere. I wanted to walk to the store. I wanted to walk to the gas station for no reason. Like little stuff like that, I just, you know, learned to stop taking for granted. But that injury process was just cool. And I'm still battling. I'm not clear yet. Um, you know, I'm not clear yet. This virus has definitely took a toll on a lot of different things too, but the process is just, it's not going to say, I'm not going to say it's never ending, but it's definitely an ongoing process for sure. And I thought you was clear because I thought you was going to play, what was it, last year, like towards the end of y'all's mm-hmm. Cause you okay? See, I was watching the correct game. See, I saw you and I was like, oh, so maybe she will play. What happened? Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, so I tore my ACL in October. So I tore my ACL and my meniscus. So a regular ACL tear is six to nine months. An ACL and meniscus tear is nine to 12 minimum. So it would have been, in my head, I thought I was cleared after three months. But <laughs> in reality, I was sitting right on that bench. And I, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm pretty much normal now. But as yeah. far as like contact and all that, I'm not there yet. But, you know, running and jumping and all that stuff, I'm fine with. But yeah, no, towards the end of the season, I thought I was going to be able to play just because I just thought, I was like, oh, okay, I feel great. I can walk. But no, there was, there would have been absolutely no way that that would have been able to happen. Yeah. So, I mean, you're not the only person who said that. You're not. But, and that's what people were like, are you playing tomorrow? I'm like, dang, I wish, but no. So. <laughs> and it would have been devastating had you got in so early and then God knows what would have happened. Yep. Yeah. I would have yep. been I would have been pissed. If that was me, I would have been pissed if I put myself out there. And mm-hmm. Now look at us. We can't even do nothing. I mean, it wasn't even, it, it wouldn't have been worth it. Like, it just really wouldn't have been worth it. Like you said, I mean, God forbid I get out there and something else happened, a re-tear, or tear my other leg. That just would have been really devastating. Just for a couple of games, like when I could just wait. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, this COVID thing has honestly been a blessing for me. I mean, yeah, it, you know, it made it harder for me to get into rehab and stuff like that. But as far as like patience and like being still, being present moment focused, that's what it's really helped me focus on because it's just like, I'm a very futuristic type person. Like I think about the future. I think about next week, next month, next year, rather than just being still and being in a moment. And I think with this virus going on, it's kind of forced everybody to just focus on what's going on right now rather than like what's going on next week. Because no one knows. Like this is one... This is one situation, like a rare once-in-a-lifetime situation where no one has control over anything. We don't know. Like as far as season, as far as a lot of stuff, no one knows. We're going to probably be wearing masks until we're 70 years old. Who knows? So Hey, I was thinking about that the other day. Like <laughs> I was talking to my wife. I was like, when is it going to go back to where we don't have to wear a mask? Like, mm-hmm. In the mm-hmm. way it's looking, it's going to be a long time. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a long time. Like, everything is good i'm still gonna have my mask on because i don't trust it i'm the same way trust me i have my mask on i'll be walking outside with my dogs with my mask on my teammate be like why you got your mask on girl i don't know what's in this air <laughs> you don't know what's in this air like i just be like let me just be cautious because i mean i just can't imagine i like i said i when they told people we couldn't do nothing i was perfectly fine being in my bed and i don't go nowhere don't do nothing so i know i ain't got nothing to worry about but it's just still, the, the way this virus has really escalated in the past six months was just crazy. Like, it was super crazy. Yeah. It's crazy, and people still not doing what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's why we're going to be like this for a while. So, you know, you injured yourself, and then you couldn't play. Can you go over, like, maybe what you did 
on the bench that was an impactful thing for your teammates and how you try to, you know, be present? Um, okay, so the biggest thing that I really, like, focused on with, like, being on the bench was just, like, empowering my teammates. Like, my teammates are, like, my sisters. Like, we, like, peas in the pot, all the teams, like, every team I've been on. And so, for me, it was just like, okay, how am I feeling? I know I'm, you know, during the national anthem, I always pray. But instead of praying for myself, like I usually did, it was, it started to shift where it was like, I'm praying for my teammates, like protect them from any injury, protect the other team from injuries. Like it was just more so where I focused on like making sure that my teammates were straight. And I've always been like that, but like when the national anthem come before a game, like ever since high school, like I would always pray on my, like for myself, help me to play, you know, this way. But now that shift had, you know, got towards my teammates because I couldn't play. Now physically, like, you know, just cheering them on, talking to them, telling them what that, what I see, like while I'm on the bench, because it's one thing to be in a game and see something or experience something, but it's another thing to be on the bench and see something. You could see it from a totally different perspective. So it was, for me, it was just like communicating them telling them oh I hear I see this read you know when you did you should have did this move rather than this move because she playing you like this and stuff like that so it was just finding ways to still be involved because when I first got injured I told my coaches I was like please don't treat me like I'm injured I was like if there's something that I'm able to do let me do it if there's something you want me to say like I would if I would normally say it let me still say it because if you treat me like I'm injured it's gonna make this process even longer and you know they took that in consideration and they would help me like they even had me you know giving out, you know, not plays, but, like, just, you know, just keep me involved in, like, in practices and games. They would ask me at halftime, like, okay, what do you see? And, you know, I, they would do that to make sure I'm paying attention, of course, too, but they just want to make sure that, you know, my opinion was still valued even though I wasn't playing. And it made definitely made games a lot easier because at first it was really hard to not be able to play and not even that, but I was in a I was in that straight brace, so my knee looked huge had them crutches. It was just a lot of attention drawn to myself and it really took a while for me to get used to it. But just being able to empower my teammates and let them know mm. what I've seen and just telling them I love them. I'm sure if you were to talk to any of them, they'd be like, oh, she told us she loved us every possession. Like it was just something that it was just, it kind of helped me grow closer to them because I needed them. I really did. I still do need them. And I tell them that all the time. So that's how that went. You're awesome. Yeah. I'm just sorry. <laughs> but you're, you just... <laughs> I'm crying. I appreciate that. Yeah, awesome. it's just it's so good to talk about stuff like this. I feel like yeah, because you're like despite everything that you've been through, your your purpose was still getting served. You still fulfilling your purpose through your injury. Yeah, I tried using, using you. They, I tried. You know, not saying that he, you know, that you want to go through an injury to have to do all that, but that maybe in this season that you was in, that's what they needed you in that space. I don't know. It's just, I don't know. Yeah. Your spirit is phenomenal. I try. I try it. Like I said, it has not always been like this. Like I, I'm not, I cannot sit here and lie and pretend like it's been like that since the day I found out I tore my ECO. It's, it hasn't been, but you know, like when you, I mean, I said this in my video that they recorded, it was like, you either get bitter or you get better. And that mm. is so true. Like, with this injury, I was bitter for a while. Like, it was just I was mad at the world, mad at myself. I, and I still, to this day, have not watched my injury. I couldn't even tell you how I got hurt. And if I could, it was because my teammates told me. But for me, it was just like, okay, well, clearly I tore my ACL because something in my leg was weak. So the focus has been clearly strengthening my knees, strengthening my legs and all that, and just kind of transforming my body too. But that's besides the point. As far as, like, the mental aspect, like, 
the injury itself will eat you alive if you let it. Like, it sounds super serious, but, like, as I, you know, as I go through it slash as I went through it, like, I can tell you right now there's some days where you literally feel like you're at your lowest, but... I mean, after a lot of t- I had a lot of talks with God, stuff like that really does help you. Like you really, you get to a point sometimes where you don't know where you need to, like who you can lean on, what you can lean on. And you got to find ways that's going to per- help you. Like you can't really use mm-hmm. nobody else. So I found my ways that, you know, helped me get through this injury. And I mean, I can honestly say it's, it's really helped me. I've learned a lot about myself, about my body in specific. Like it's just been a lot. So like I said, this process has definitely be it's definitely had a lot of ups and downs and everything, but I mean, it's it's we we at the long the the last hundred meter dash at a four hundred now, so I can't complain. Yeah, people need we need more players like this and teammates. You know, it is hard for everybody to go through, but it's all about perspective and how you handle the situation. And I feel like when people fester on all the negatives and then they listening to their friends and teammates that's giving them all the negatives about it mm-hmm. and they go negatively about it but I feel like you're such like you're in a good space where it's nothing but positive communication and positivity from your coaches to the players and all that and I wish that more teams were like that but out there there's not really there's teams out there that don't really care about their players that got injured because now they focused on who's next to play and all that or mm-hmm. not thinking mm-hmm mental aspect of it but I mean at my school it's not like that but I know out there that's reasons why people leave like so but you know I'm glad that you're in a good space and you have all that positivity going on around you I'm trying it's it's been a long time coming like I said it's definitely it took a minute for me to get to that point because like I said this injury like I'm not even trying to just talk about it's like I said the physical part has nothing to do with it the physical part is hard but the mental and emotional part you know, that, you know, that ties in with this injury was just, it's just amazing. Like I said, I never knew what you always hear about it. Like in high school, I hear about somebody tearing ACL. It was like, dang, that sucks. But when you physically go through it yourself, you see, like, you see it through a different lens for sure. So, I mean, I'm blessed to be in the position I am now. Like I'm blessed, you know, that God has brought me out of a lot of different low and dark places that I've been in in the past few years. Um, and I just, you know, I thank God that he's really showed me like he has a, God has a funny way of showing you stuff about yourself. Like who knew, like who knew that this was going to be, you know, this was going to go this, my college experience was going to go this way. If you would have asked me this at 16, I would have never thought it was going to go like this, but you know, here I am 22 now. And, you know, I'm looking back like, dang, like God, you really did. You have a funny way of humbling me, but if that's how you had to do it, then I trust it, and we just going to keep moving. So Let's go. That's faith right there. <laughs> Something, you know, just for the listeners out there, just, you know, whether you they're around y'all's age or even my age, I'm 30, you know, but um, I feel like this topic and everything that you're speaking on, it doesn't – no, the age doesn't even matter because mm-hmm. it's going to be some people on here that's older than you that that your story and your journey and everything that you're talking about right now is going to impact them and help them get through what they're going through right now. And um, one thing I noticed what you said is uh, multiple times is God is your basically God is your foundation. You know what I'm mm-hmm, saying? For sure. And, and that's key. You know, your your spiritual foundation is is key because, mm-hmm. you know, skill, talent, that can't get you through the adversity. It, it got to mm-hmm. be, it got to be something bigger than that. And that's, um, so I just want to point that out for the listeners out there. If you haven't been picking up on that, just notice it through everything that Danielle been through. Like she always leaned back on God. 
she's always talking to God. She's in communication with God. And and honestly, he's what's gotten her through with the mm-hmm. things that she done been through. So um, I just wanted to add that in there. No, that's that's for sure. Like, that's that's so true. Like, you know, my mom always tell me, like, she always give me, like, my mom sends, sends me scriptures every day. And she's done that since I was, she's done that since I was in, like, I want to say like the 11th grade. So she's done that for a minute. And I had a conversation with her, like, you know, probably like a couple of years ago. And she was just like, sometimes God puts you at your lowest so that you have no other choice but to lean on him. And I think for me, that stuck with me years later. It stuck with me because it was like, now that I think about it, my lowest moments, like there was nothing else I could turn to. Like there was nothing no one could say that could make me feel better. There was nothing I could do that made me feel better. But once I picked up that Bible, you know, sometimes God just leads your fingers and leads your hands. Like there's been times where I've opened a Bible and I'm like, Lord, I don't know what I'm looking for. If you know, if you got any answers for me, send them to me. And I randomly drop, I drop the Bible on the floor or something like that. And I'll pick it up on a page and it's something highlighted and it's something I needed to hear. Like, it's just crazy. Like, you know, I know a lot of people, you know, don't like to hear about, you know, all these God stories, but God is real, man. And I, I couldn't, okay. like, if, if he, <laughs> I couldn't imagine where I would be if I did not trust God. Like God's plan for my life has been you know, it's way different than what I expected, but I trust it, and I'm just waiting to see where he's going to take me next, whether that be with basketball or without basketball. I know for a fact that God doesn't make any mistakes, so. Wherever you go, you're going to light the world up, whatever you do. For real. I hope. You keep doing what you do and loving what you love, and it's all going to work out in the end. I receive that. I receive that. I'm a strong believer in that, <laughs> for sure. I, question I want to ask you because I know uh, me and my sister was talking. She was saying that you big on mental health, and then that's what mm-hmm. you majored. Are you majored in sociology? Or yeah, I majored in social. I got my deg- my undergrad degree in sociology. Yeah. Okay. Why is that? You know, speak on that because you know mental health and you know with everything that went. And I know you kind of touched base on it throughout mm-hmm. this whole um, this whole interview. Um, you know, a lot of people right now they're going through a lot of mental issues you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying like yeah. it's tough out there with this whole COVID situation and people losing their jobs or they just are fear just fear right. in general not knowing mm-hmm. what's gonna happen you know what um like speak on that your mental why why is it so important to you and and uh yeah um okay so for me mental health is so important to me because not only have I physically been at my lowest mentally but you know, I've been around people who have experienced a lot of different stuff. Like I've lost friends to suicide. I've lost family members to suicide. You know, there's people that I've stopped from doing, you know, making decisions like that. So for me, mental health is just very important because if you're not mentally right, I mean, you really, everything else around you is going to be 10 times harder. And for me, another reason why I'm really big on mental health is because like it took a while for me to be really transparent with how I am. Like people who really know me, like people that are on the outside looking in, you know, they might assume different things about me, but if you really know me, you understand that like I'm the type of person where I'm going to check on you. Like I need to know, you know, and sometimes I need checking on myself, but for me, I'm the type of person where when it comes to mental health, that is something I take really, really serious. Like, you know, I've been in counseling since I was 13 years old and that's nothing. I'm, I'm not afraid to say that here. I am 20, 22 years old. That's what nine years later, I'm still in counseling. I go to counseling once a week, you know, whatever it takes for me to be mentally right. 
that means I, I feel like I can help other people be mentally right too because like I said I've been at my lowest multiple times and for me you know I've you know made some decisions that could have you know ended my life and you know for God to let me get to a point like that he must he must have wanted me he want, he must have wanted to show me something and I think that's you know what he did with that and when it comes to sports mental health I think people really do overlook what college athletes go through mentally because people think, oh, it's just at the D1 level, but no, there's the D1, D2, D3, NAIA, JUCO level. People are still, athletes are still struggling. You know, they're struggling really bad mentally. And sometimes, you know, all, all people care about is if you win and if you score scoring points, if you're scoring right. touchdowns or whatever, but people don't really understand what goes into being an, an athlete and stuff like that. And so I'm just here to really speak on, you know, the mental health part of it because, as a person who's been through it and who's been around people who struggle, like I know mental health is real mm-hmm. and mental health issues are something that I think need to be talked about a lot more. And, you know, if you go to a school where you have resources as far as counseling, as far as medicine, you know, I would tell you to, you know, utilize that as much as you can, because whatever it's going to take, whatever it takes for you to be mentally right, do it. Whether it's journaling, whether it's medicine, whether it's, you know, I don't care if you got to go fishing do it. So that's, I'm just really strong on mental health. Like it goes way deeper than, and I even just told you, but yeah, it's just really big for me. Yeah. I've battled with mental health when I got out here, when I was in high school, but I just feel it's always about like, to me, it was all about who I was around and mm-hmm. what I was doing the things I was doing. I had to stop what I was doing. And I also had to stop putting my mind in a bad place. But it's it's not something easy to go through. It's hard, especially when you feel alone. Like it can mm-hmm. get dark. And there's been times where it's been so dark for me. I'm just like, man, I I don't know. But I have looked to God in those areas. Or uh, I'm not the type to really talk about it or talk to mm-hmm. people about it. But I have started to grow up and start, you know, talking to people more about, you know, I'm not feeling good today. And so that's that's a big thing. It's a, to reach out to people because not everybody can read your mind and you wish that they could because mm-hmm. if they could, you would know that they would help you. But something that you really got to work on and really, like you said, use the resources that you can, especially if they're given to you. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Like like you said, you, you really touched on ooh, my headphone. You really touched on a lot, you know, when you, with, what you, with what you just said. But like I said, the biggest thing for me was just like, Bennett, I wasn't transparent. Like, you know, I'm very... Like, emotionally, I'm very closed in. Like, it takes a lot for, you know, people to, for me to let people in, whether that be friends, relationships, all of that. Like, it's really hard for me to let people in for, you know, my own personal reasons. But, you know, just being able to, like, the first thing for me was just figuring out, okay, what do I feel? Like, I had to feel, I had to understand that it's okay to feel. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to feel scared. It's okay to admit that I have feelings. Like, it's okay to admit, you know, that I have, that I'm feeling a certain way. And for me, once I figured that out, you know, things got a little better because I do struggle with anxiety issues and I have had depression issues in the past. So for me, like, I was always so scared to admit, you know, how I was feeling because for judgment, you know, my pride and stuff like that. But I'm at a point right now where it's just like, you know what, if people judge me or, you know, if if this is what it has to be or what it comes with, I'm willing to, you know, I'm willing to deal with it because as long I know God got me and, you know, whatever happens is what happens. So... Yeah. yeah. And I think you had when you had said um you talked about people don't understand what athletes go through as far as the mental and you know just for people that's out there listening that you you know you might not never play sports or you might not you might have never played at a collegiate level 
it, like, like Diane said, it's tough. Like, because I, I can sit here while we was talking, I was just sitting here thinking like one of the main things that is comparison. We're constantly comparing, comparing mm-hmm. ourselves right. to our teammates or the mm-hmm. next person. Or, and then if, if the coach, you know, if the coaches aren't coaches that speak life into you, mm-hmm. it's like you're almost constantly having to prove yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you're speaking facts right now. You're definitely speaking facts. And it's just like, because that's what I went, I went through. I think all athletes go through it. And, you, and then mm-hmm. you get out of school and you were wondering why you, you know, comparing or why you feeling like you got to prove yourself to people. And it's because, hell, we've been doing it our whole mm-hmm. career of our school. Right, <laughs> right, right. I mean, it just makes you a competitor for sure. And sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes yeah. it's not a good thing. I mean, because not everything is necessarily a competition. And I think right. I'm starting to learn that now. And, you know, my mom always tells, she always be like, why are you comparing yourself to Tom, Dick, and Harry? And it's like, well, it's just because I, I just want to be great. And I think most people want to be great. I mean, you wouldn't become an athlete in college if you didn't want to be great. I mean, it's not something you just sign up for because you were bored. So, you, I mean, it, it's normal. It comes with it. I mean, as an athlete, like I said, you're very competitive. But, you know, there's sometimes where you just got to get in. You got to you know, have tunnel vision and just focus on you. And once you focus on you, everything around you tends to like starts to elevate. And I'm not saying being, be selfish. Cause like I said, me and my teammates are as close as it gets, but you know, as far as like, as far as like focusing on you when it comes to, you know, growth and everything, that's probably the biggest thing that you can do because it, like I said, you can't work. Everybody's path is different. Everybody's journey is different. Everybody thinks different. Like you, you know, you can't, compare what other people are doing because comparison is a thief of joy and yeah. you know that's that's so true so that's word right there hey <laughs> let's go right that's um but yeah you that's that's so real uh what had what do you believe has been or what could you share you know with the viewers of like our listeners what has been a a benefit of going to counseling you know what i'm saying because some mm-hmm. people i know in our community in the black community it's so frowned upon because it's mm-hmm. like something's wrong with you, but it's right. actually healthy. Like me and my mm-hmm. wife, we go to counseling on a regular, we started going, we did premarital counseling and me and right. my sister always talk about this. We did premarital counseling and I was like, and then we saw the benefits of that. I was like, dang, mm-hmm. we've been that. Like, right. right. <laughs> so now we just, we do it every two, three months, but mm-hmm. we're going to do it for the rest of our life because I, I see, we see the benefit of it. Mm-hmm. So um, what has been the benefits that you saw of, from you going to counseling? It's played a part. Man, the biggest thing for me, I think, is just like, like I told, like I mentioned to Haley, like just being able to admit that I can feel something like without, you know, worrying about being shamed. And you brought up a really good point. The black community, I think when you hear somebody's going to counseling, you think it's because they're crazy. You think it's because they need help. But sometimes it's just because people want to talk. For me, I don't like talking to people. I don't. I mean, like I have friends and stuff like that that I do feel comfortable talking to, but that not every conversation is for you to tell a friend. It's not, and that's how I feel. And so, you know, for counsel, for me, counseling, the biggest benefit I've gotten from counseling, I definitely would have to say is like transparency. Like just, it's okay. Cause it's helped me with my friendships. It's helped me with relationships. It's, it's made it easier for me to admit when I'm wrong rather than feeling like guilty or, you know, feeling like I'm going to be shamed because of it. And like I and like I said, I've been in counseling for a minute. So it's like, you know, I've seen what it's did for me over the, you know, over the last eight, nine years that I've been in it. And like I said, there's a lot of benefits with it. And I, I mean, if I could tell you one thing, like it, it's not, 
like whether you black, brown, white, green, purple, like you shouldn't be ashamed to go to counseling at all because, you know, if you got the right counselor and everything, that counselor is not here to judge you. It's not, he's not, he or she is not here to, you know, shame you and make you feel bad. He's here to make you feel like, you know, like your value, like your, your opinion is valued, like your life is valued. And counseling has definitely been, you know, a stepping stone for me when it comes to my growth, because if I wouldn't have stayed in counseling or, you know, admitted that I needed counseling again, like, I don't know where I would have been. So, you know, my parents never forced it on me. Like, they never forced it on me. I went through a lot of stuff in my life, but there was never something that, and I've I've been the same way. When I was younger, I was still, like, emotionally closed in and everything. And, you know, my parents were, you know, you want to talk about it? I'm like, no, I'm good. Like, I was always the type to just throw the burden on my shoulder, throw it on my shoulder, throw it on my shoulder. And then, but once I got older and I realized, okay, these burdens is really starting to weigh me down and stuff like that. What, you know, what can I do? And like, you know, it's like I said, talking to God is easy. I mean, you, you ain't got, you could be anywhere and talk to God. But for me, it was like, what can I do? Like, you know, sitting right here, like, what, where can I go? Who could, like, what's next? Like, what can I do? Like, it's just, it's crazy, man. Like, I just, I get so excited talking about it because like, I used to be like anti-counseling. I don't want to talk to nobody. I'm not about to see no counselor, but you know, the fact that my parents didn't force it on me, I think is what made me actually be okay with going to it. And like, now I'm, I mean, I'm still continuously in it and I still will be like, even when I do get married, like I'm probably still going to want to be in counseling because I mean, I understand your partner's supposed to be your life and I understand that. But for me, you know, counseling is not essentially my partner, but like counseling for me is like, it's, it's beneficial for me in many different ways. So it's something that I'll continue to do. And if I could tell, you know, the listeners out here something, it would be, you know, when you're old enough to make your own decision and, you know, try different stuff, do it. I mean, cause it's, it's no excuse at this point. So especially the black community, we go through a lot. I'm not saying any, no other race goes through stuff, but as a black community, we, we go through a lot. Mm-hmm. And so as far as counseling, that's a resource I think black people should definitely utilize. No, mm-hmm. for sure. And since we're giving advice, if you could give people advice, just, you know, maybe there's somebody out there that has gone through an ACL injury, or maybe there's mm-hmm. someone out there that uh, had to transfer, or somebody that mm-hmm. didn't get the minutes that they thought they'd get coming out of high school, just, you know, any, a play, like, players out there that may have gone through what you've gone through, what advice would you give them that has stuck with you and has helped you get through? Um, uh, as far as people like transferring, I mean, you know, the older I get, the more I see people leave for, you know, the, you know, different reasons and stuff like that. But for me, the first thing you got to do is some self-reflection, self-reflecting, like, are you doing everything you're supposed to be doing? And are you, you know, are you, are you the reason why you're not playing? Yeah. And, you know, a lot of players don't think about that, especially this, you know, the newer generation, not a lot of people think about that. It's like, oh, I'm not playing but I know I missed practice a couple times, but I, I'm still not playing. I'm, I'm, I'm about to leave, you know, but you got to do some self-reflecting first. You got to figure out, you know, am I doing everything in my power, you know, to play? And it's just still not happening. And as far as like advice for, you know, people going through an injury, I mean, you just keep going, man. You wouldn't, the position that you're in is, is for a reason. And it, it took a while for me to admit that, but God makes no mistakes, man. He has a different plan for every single person in this world. And, you know, Every this is just how I always tell people it's just another page added to your book, mm-hmm. and you know at the end of your life you're gonna look back and be like, dang, I remember when this, you know, I went through an injury and I was mad for a few months, but look at where I'm at now. You know, it's just you just it's all about perspective, like you said earlier. It's really all about how you take it in. You either let it, you know, eat you alive, 
or you eat it. I mean, that's cliche, but that's really how it should be. And so that's that's the main thing I would say. And then just just in general, like as a college athlete, man, like you got to be okay with like with not being okay. Like it, it's going to feel uncomfortable when you first do counseling. And I'm not pushing people pushing counseling on people because no one did that to me. But for me, it's like you know, when you go through, when you're going through, you know, your athletic career and everything, like there's a lot of stuff that's going to hit you. And there's, you, you not, you not the Hulk, you can't carry all that. And, you know, it's, and then it really does affect your physical, you know, your physical play, whether you see it or not. So like I said, just don't be afraid to, you know, ask for help. Don't be afraid to, you know, talk about it with people you trust, people you love. And, you know, like I said, keep God first, whether you're religious or not. That's what I'm going to say. Keep God first. God, like I said, makes no mistakes and he has a plan for your life. And yeah. Yo, yo, whole journey done produced a lot of fruit. Just know that. There's a <laughs> lot of fruit. that. Yeah. I don't see that. No, for real. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's been a rough one, but. <laughs> for real. I'm just listening, like listening to you talk. I'm just at your age, 22. People ain't talking like that. Uh, <laughs> at your age not like that not with that much wisdom and knowledge but it's because of what you're doing it's because of your intentionality behind your life in general you know what I'm saying like you intentional, yeah. you're intentional with everything you do I and, gotta be I uh, gotta be it's done produced a lot of fruit I appreciate that it really means a lot hearing that it does what are your thoughts after um, college do you have any plans to continue further with like social like sociology or do you plan to go you know WNBA overseas what what are your thoughts <sighs> that's a good question man like as I told you before like it's it's so hard to think about the future but everything is so like up in the air right now I have no idea whatever God wherever God puts my two feet that's where I'm gonna be if it's in a WNBA great if it's not great if it's overseas cool if it's not okay, like I'm secure enough in my education and then like the networking part where, you know, if basketball isn't a part of my life, like I'm still going to be successful. And I want to be a real estate agent, which is not, you don't really need a degree for that anyway. So I'm fine with it. Like I said, I really do want to play in the league. You know, if that's meant to be cool, but I do, and I do want to still continue to play ball, but if that's not in God's plan and I can't question it, I just got to move accordingly. So we'll just see where everything happens after this season or next couple of weeks. And I mean, like I said, it's it's really all up in the air. So whatever he got planned, I'm here for it. Dude, I ain't come this far for nothing, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, my my last question, because we're about to close out since we're getting on to that hour mark. Uh, it's a question because I was looking up just facts about you and stuff like that. And I mm-hmm. saw that before every game, you eat a Hershey's bar. So I was just wondering, <laughs> do you still do that to this day? Like, that's what, where did that come from? Okay, so my mom was like this real big track athlete back in her day. She a little old, so she's, you know, way back then. But she used to put an orange peel in her sock. And I was like, that's weird. Like, who does that? And she told me that when she was, like, when I was, like, seventh or eighth grade. She told me that I was in middle school. And so when I was in the eighth grade, I played in the game. I put an orange peel in my sock. And I actually played pretty good. And mom was like, I told you, like, you know, that was my good luck charm. So after when I got my freshman year, I tried the orange peel, and it fell out during a game and so I was like okay I can't do that no more so I'm like you know what what can I do like you know what can I do and she was like what do you like and we really had a whole conversation about what could be my good luck charm and I started I I think 
Well, I used to be obsessed with Hershey cookie and cream, like the white ones, them things mm -hmm. go. But um, so I would eat those anyway before the game. She was like, okay, well, why don't you just make that your thing? And that's been my thing since my freshman year of high school. I literally eat. Now it's just the regular Hershey chocolate. Cause, but like another fun fact, I don't like room temperature candy. So it has to be frozen. And to. yeah, I still do. Even before, even when I was injured, I still would eat games. I mean, eat games, eat candy before each game. And there was actually one game. This is probably something I shouldn't say, but I was on the bench eating it. And <laughs> <laughs> I think the commentator mentioned that, like, I had we've been doing that before and stuff. So anyway, that like I, that's besides the point. But yeah, I've been doing that since my freshman year. And yes, I still do that. And yes, I will still continue to do that because for me, whether I go out and score zero points and. Or score 150, that there's still a good luck charm for me. So yes, I still do that. Close it real quick and just again, because I say it every week and some of y'all are not doing it. Please wear your mask out there. We want to have a season two. For real. We <laughs> Thank you. And remember, it is six feet. Some of y'all have forgot that as well. I'm weak. <laughs> Thank you for the reminder, please. I think you need to make a bigger announcement. Cause whew. I need to make a bigger announcement for real. Cause people are not remembering that. <laughs> and remember, Black Lives Matter, and everybody just yes, be safe. And you know, keep God with you. Keep you know positivity with you. And you know, just have a great week. Have a great rest of the month. If you don't hear back from us, and I don't know how long, just be positive.